This podcast contains mature content, explicit language, suggestive situations, and partial to full frontal nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Don't let your kids listen to this. So Zach's taking a shit. He muted his mic. How loud do you think Zach's shits are? Is it explosive? Do you think it makes like little whistles like Harry in Dumb and Dumber? You think we can have one cold open where we don't talk about shitting? What are you talking about? I feel like this is Chris Cody asking Roberto Luongo about his five shits a day on game day. Does Luongo really take five shits a day? That's what he says, man. I used to take uh, five to six poops a day. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay regular. Is this like, you know, like first when you wake up, is this all at the arena? Like, are they spaced out? They're spaced out, so do you want to go through the whole thing? I love you, too. I find that pretty hard to believe. Yeah. Consistently? If you told me one time I had to take five shits on game day, I'd believe that for sure. Five shit a day average is a lot. I'm back. I'm back. No way. You did not wipe. Yeah, man. Three minutes on the dot. Yeah, man. To the second. Look at this, man. I know my body. To the second. I know my body. I mean. That's amazing. You helped. Can I tell you what helped? What happened? I forgot my phone. <laughs> I didn't have oh, any results. Okay. But, so here's the funny thing. Like, when I don't have my phone with me, it's even harder for me to shit. Yeah, man. I, like, I need to distract myself <laughs> you, while I shit. Have you heard the Always Sunny podcast where they talked about uh, Glenn? How sometimes, if he needs to shit, he'll picture a dog shitting, and it helps him shit? Yeah. So have you tried that? Yeah. No, I mean, like, no, I mean, I haven't. I can't say that I have, but I don't think that's, I mean, for me, it's just because it's like, oh, I got shit, oh, I got shit, oh, I'm in this thing too long. But, like, if I'm reading, like, then it just kind of, like, the, blocks out with you only pooping once a day. You don't know how. Right? Like, that might be true. Or maybe I shit I everything so. out. Um, I think this is the equivalent of, like, hey, man, I went and got 100 shots up today. You know, like, I'm working on my job for someone else, like, I put up 1,000 shots today. Like, I'm, I'm creating a, a good shit. No. I know how to. I feel like I, I hit, like, one half court shot a day. But that, but that doesn't make you a good shooter. You just hit one half court shot a day. I mean, it does. From one for one, I mean, like, pretty I think you are, though, because there are times where you're not one for one. Yeah, that's that's like that's yeah. that's the problem. That's uh-huh. the problem. Where like sometimes you do that half court thing where it's like, all right, you know, like, ever seen NBA players after they warm up, they're like, oh, we should have half court shot, and like the crowd will go nuts, yeah. go back into the locker room, and then it's like, oh, oh yeah, this is, okay, this is, okay, three for a dollar, three for a dollar, and then like now it's like, okay, right. it's getting uncomfortable. This is Russ behind yeah, the that's corner, you know, when he was on the Thunder. Oh yeah, I think that's what it is for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. It's, it's tough, man. It's I've been there when Steph Curry oh, was like shooting that tunnel shot. Remember in Oracle, he was missing. That's a bad one, man. That's a bad feeling. That's me when I have to shit multiple times in a day. Oh, I feel the most alive. Not taking care of. Hate to break up this poop conversation for the umpteenth time rule of poop we do have a seven hour podcast ahead of us so we should probably get started soon what wait that can't be the cold open let's get this out of the way zach harper's three-point explanation of why he picked this movie a symbol of catholicism she is calling a burning cross. No, no, no. There's more than that. If you get deep into the movie, there's more than that. This is what you said, though. I didn't say a burning cross. It's used as a declaration of war in Scotland. Now it's associated with the Ku Klux Klan. I didn't say a burning cross. I said a cross. Who among their whole host of extremist positions are anti-Catholic. Mm-hmm. I didn't say a burning cross. And the setting needs to be highly Catholic. Said Miami was predominantly Catholic. It's actually 39% Protestant. It's also known as Magic City. And as you know, if you're a good Catholic, all practices of magic or sorcery are gravely contrary to the virtue of religion. This is a crazy time because I don't know who's stretching more. Zach by calling this a Catholic movie or Maze by saying, what's the magic city? And, you know, Catholicism bans magic. Uh, I'm sorry, but I have from a .org research center that Catholicism is 27%. Yeah. Protestant is 20. If you want to break up all the different Protestants. Is it research.org? Is that where you get your research? It's 
Pew PewResearch.org. Pew Pew. PewDiePie.org? Pew. Is that what you're looking up? Pew, as in what you sit in in a Catholic church. The pew, you uneducated fuck. And then your major plot point, highly Catholic. Haiti is predominantly Catholic. The only thing that's true out of what you said. Too bad we never go to Haiti, and the Haitians we get have some diverse beliefs, to say the least, which we will certainly get into. It's so ignorant that Mays thinks that all Protestant denominations are the same. This is how I know you're not built for Catholic month, and yet you you picked it, motherfucker. What? There are different types of being Protestant. Okay. Which Maze just doesn't understand. Got it. So he lumps them all together. He loves to lump people together, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Why are you campaigning now? It's election day was two days ago. I never stop campaigning. Okay, Donald. What? What? Also, oh my God, the Last Supper painting spoiler alert in this movie yeah we'll talk about it looks pretty fucking catholic to these eyes yeah we'll talk about it okay there's a lot of catholicism in this there's one scene that you just spoiled because that's the only thing you've got and we'll talk about it then edit it out chop chop motherfucker what are you talking about it's a cosmic mix of the action of the 90s combined with the exploitation films of the 70s but with modern touches it's hyper-violence, but it knows that it is. It's a little bit Tarantino. It's definitely a little bit Michael Mann. It's kind of a cosmic gumbo. It almost moves to the beat of jazz. People are genetically inferior, or they're culturally crippled, or they're socially deprived. How come God couldn't make everyone one color? Like ten. I wish I'd fucked a black broad before I got married. I could really feel 400 years of oppression and anger in every pelvic thrust. I can smell horny across an ocean. <sighs> Not all women. Good for you, man. Good for you, good for you. Just the hot ones. Hello. Oprah. You're not allowed to go down on me for one month. No, Judith, Don't please. Don't make me take away your masturbation privileges. Yeah, I'm horny too, baby. Hey, Chowman, come on down here. Well, you want to exercise my dominance. Scaring. I'm getting a patriarchal urge. Me. Just keep doing what you're doing. We're a team. We work together. I don't know if you were paying attention. <laughs> I wasn't. Please, goddammit! Just one more drink! I'll call off your tits with a knife, you bitch! Five whiskeys. That's breakfast on the river. Yo, you have to clip it, Maze. Clip what? A fucking tiger? What are you talking about? It's not that hard. Just chop, chop, boom, out. Wow, Maze has a really hard job. <laughs> this is going to be the worst episode we've ever done. My people don't give a ding-dong diddly about what flag fly over Hawaii. You bore me, Fury. Where is the meekwood film? It's nothing but a bag of meat and flesh and tendon. Why didn't they just name him Spaghetti Lasagna? Fuck, this movie's two hours long? Not the whole thing. 
This is like the John Gruden emails of movies. Do you like ducks? Or a trench coat full of bees flying around? Like, that would scare me. Imagine bees are cool. That's a duck, man. No, I get it. Coolio. You're the devil's baby, mama. I didn't lie, Annie. I just didn't tell you certain things. Don't play no reindeer games with me. An American ninja. What are you talking about? There's no such thing. gotten rich off of the people in this town. <laughs> you bet your ass I have. And I'm gonna get richer. Coughlin's lore. Going through incredibly descriptive details of the story so we all know. Oh man, I wish I had better notes. Have you ever heard such a pile of shit? Once I get a DVD player, I'm gonna watch Gallowalkers once a day. Come here and give me a squudge. You know what to do from here, internet. <laughs> all right, cool. Let me Google how to open QuickTime. Justice is blind. He's got space dementia. But it can be hurt. Time to find out exactly what this ooze can do. Pull a fucking rabbit out of your dick and fope. I'm Temecula's newest hard on dog. Hey, look at here. Why don't we eat us a few thousand beers? You can tell me what's buzzing in the big bad city. Come on, We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Alhassan. That's Anthony Mays, part of the Levitard and Friends Network for Metal Lark Media. Got a lot of reviews in, but not enough. Get a review in on Apple Podcasts. 20,000 are needed to keep this podcast going past December 31st, 2023. 5,356 on Apple. We're slowing down, folks. From Tyboy0611, what's Cinephobe? I asked my boss to borrow his phone to write a review. You buttholes better shout me out. Wow. Wow. Also, butthole was used in this movie. So all of you have a boss and all of your bosses have a phone. <laughs> so follow the lead of our friend, Ty Boy. If you haven't commandeered your boss's phone to leave a review, you're not a real listener. 5,000 bosses by December 31st. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't hate that idea. You're on the clock. You and your bosses on the clock. If you have a submission, make sure you submit it. Just a reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on the Rotten Tomatoes audience or critic score. It's November. It's Catholic month. Is it? <laughs> Hallowed be thy theme. Is it KKK month? I don't know. That's your people. May started us off by wrestling with our emotions. Nacho Libre. Then Amin baptized us with poppy talk by picking Legion. Angels. Now it's my turn. It really was a baptism of poppy talk. That's a great way to put it. Oh my God. It's a damn near a drowning of it. Yes. Such a great episode. But the baptism where they're holding you down <laughs> under the water. The power of Christ compels you. As the rushing surges of poppy talk flow over you. I went with the very Catholic 2003 
action crime comedy, Bad Boys 2. Buddy Cop action comedy. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I'm assuming that Buddy Cop is a fairly common theme, just not for the movies we've done. Teddy Rex, Buddy Cop, Science Fiction Family. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting into it. Cop out, Buddy Cop. Yeah. No, it tracks. Tango and Cash wasn't Buddy Cop? Oh, it invented Buddy Cop. Twins, Buddy Comedy. Oh, 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 oh Buddy Healed. Buddy Baker. Heart Condition, Buddy Fantasy Comedy. <laughs> yeah, and after we had a few beers, we came up with the uh, Shower Buddy. The Shower Buddy? Uh, I'm sorry, that name's not official yet. So. No, he's wrong. It's, it is official. I wanted the Shower Daddy. Shower Daddy is worse on pretty much every level, so. Yeah. I have to agree with Nick. Well, it's better than having some strange dude in the shower with you. Yeah, it's not some strange dude, Dale, as I've said many, many times. It's your buddy. Well, why would your buddy be in the shower with you? Why would your dad? Uh-oh. Don't scream on television. Bad Boys 2 stars Will Smith. And Martin Lawrence, a couple of repeat offenders cutting it up. I wish I knew how to quit you. Will Smith joins us for the fourth time with <laughs> a lineup After Earth, Wild Wild West, and Gemini Man as his previous episodes. He was in Ali in 2001, wow. Men in Black 2 in 2002, wow. and then iRobot and Shark Tale in 2004. Wow, both of them. You got an iRobot mention in the trivia, by the way. I love that movie. Really? That's a good movie, man. The main robot, ass off. So good. He's so good at it, man. I feel like if we did that, we get into an all robots look alike conversation that I would not want to be a part of. Zach has really carved himself quite a niche on this show, hasn't he? As a fraud? Yeah. He's wallowing in it. Hold on. You called me a fraud yesterday for this movie. How? It's not Catholic. It is Catholic. It's not. We'll let the committee decide. Ooh. Yeah, that's the other thing is we're throwing this up to three people who have no idea what's happening. It's going to be great. Yeah. Pick the best movie. Oh, shit. Well, it's a good thing you already used your wild card. I did not. Trust me. You'll know when I use my wild card. You'll know pretty fucking soon. Are we going to tell them what the committee is or no? So keep it secret. I think we keep it secret. Committee of three. We could say that, right? Or bleep that out if we can't. Rule, rule of three. three. There it is. The rule of three. <laughs> This is the second appearance for Martin Lawrence after his appearance in The Beach Bum. I tried to remember the name of that movie before, like, looking at it. I could not remember the name of The Beach Bum. You think it was Moondog or what? I didn't know what it was. Two for two, Martin Lawrence in Florida. Yeah, Miami. I, I knew it was Beach Bum because David Sampson watched it recently. Oh, okay. And loved it. But I did find myself reminiscing about Beach Bum and saying to myself, without looking it up, who won ass off because i think we might have robbed martin lawrence i think we gave it to jonah hill yeah it was jonah jonah was great welcome to the repeat offender club martin what's the worst that could happen and black knight in 2001 saw both those in the theater i saw black knight in the theater this movie and national security in 2003 and then rebound in 2005 saw that in the theater too wow i might have bought that on dvd side unseen <laughs> Martin Lawrence coaching kids. Those $5 Walmart bins, man, they just, they destroyed me. They dominated me in the aughts. Oh, what a time. Yeah, I almost wish we had a time machine so that we could do a month where we have to choose our movies from that bin. The Walmart bin? The $5 bin? Yeah. Oh. Do we actually have to buy them? or? or? Yeah, we know. We have to go buy them. We have to. Go I don't have the wherewithal to watch this shit. Me neither. We have to go buy a DVD player. I don't like this. Oh, I wasn't saying do it now. They might still exist. I guess they still do. No, they do. They do at the Walgreens uh, by checkout. It's right there. At Walgreens? Yeah, the checkout oh at Walgreens. God. They have DVDs at Walgreens? <laughs> yeah. What? 
2022 is nuts. Walgreens got all type of weird shit, man. We also get Jordi Molia, Gabrielle Union, and Peter Stormar. Oh my God. Peter Stormage month is back. Jordi was in Blow and in Riddick. You know, Gabby from She's All That, 10 Things I Hate About You, Bring It On, Two Can Play That Game, You Piece of Shit, and The Birth of a Nation. <laughs> Peter Stormare, a.k.a. Peter Stormash. The movie that Zach tried to pick for Catholic Month that was censored out last not. episode, and then a bee got offended? Yeah. I did not. <laughs> Peter Stormage is a repeat offender from Armageddon, Poison Rose, and Nacho Libre. I wish I knew how to quit you. He's got a very different run than Will Smith on this show. He's something. I'll tell you. He's amazing. He's obviously in the Lewis Pinnock sweepstakes. Yes. Do Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer just think he's Russian? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he's not, by the way. Teresa Randall, Joey Pantaleona, and Michael Shannon are in this. What was that? Pantaleona. Pantoliano. Whatever. Joey Pants. Yeah, I've referred to him as Joey Pants throughout the rest of this. Yeah. Teresa is a repeat offender from Heart Condition and the Five Heartbeats. Wow, that was her. The Five Heart Conditions. I wish I knew how to quit you. Joey Pants from Daredevil and Pluto Nash. His cinephobe appearances are in order of his career, literally in a row. Oh, wow. Pluto Nash, Daredevil, this movie. And then Michael Shannon, repeat offender from Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice Ultimate Edition. Kinda. Well, I mean, he's in it. Kinda. There's like footage of it, right? I thought it was a... dummy of his corpse he might have been laying there we don't know john seda who was in three episodes of oz yes yule vasquez who was recurring character bob in seinfeld yeah that's right dude i was fighting so hard to figure out who the fuck that dude was otto sanchez who was in oz as chico we get henry rollins from johnny mnemonic Repeat offender John Sally from Eddie. I wish I knew how to quit you. Tony Caroni. Homie Spumoni. Who was the fixer in Oz. R.E. Rogers, who was James on Oz. Yeah. A lot of Oz guys. Scott Cumberbatch. Repeat offender from Eddie. I didn't know there were other Cumberbatches. I didn't either. Must be the younger brother, right? Like the first Benedict Cumberbatch and then like Scott. No, he's black. He's not at all related. Well, that doesn't mean he's not related. You racist. Well, I say he's a brother. Yeah, younger brother. <laughs> wow, don't do that, Zach. <laughs> Christopher Campbell, repeat offender from Armageddon. He did visual effects. No, we don't need it for this episode, dude. There's nine million stuntmen and people in this movie. JD Walsh, repeat offender from Slam and Salmon. Dan Marino from Little Nicky. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. John Senatiempo, repeat offender from Money Train and The Departed. John Literacolo. Sm- Smith Cho, repeat offender from Slam and Salmon. Megan Fox from Transformers. Yeah, got a clip in this very problematic interview from her on Jimmy Kimmel talking about her role in this movie. Megan, what is it like working with the director Michael Bay, who, from all accounts, appears to be insane? Yeah, well, he's sort of he's infamous for for being a sort of tyrant, I guess, on set. But he, uh, the first time I ever worked with him, actually. I had just turned 15, and I was an extra in Bad Boys 2. Really? And Yeah, they were shooting this club scene, and they brought me in, and uh, I was wearing a Stars and Stripes bikini and a red cowboy hat and, like, six-inch heels. And uh, he approved it, and they said, you know, Michael, <laughs> um, she's 15, so you can't sit her at the bar, and she can't have a drink in her hand. So his solution to that problem was to then have me dancing underneath the waterfall getting soaking wet. And that, 
perfectly wholesome? At 15, I was in 10th grade. So that's, <laughs> wow. that's sort of a microcosm of how Bay's mind works. The part I didn't get was like, it's a movie. They're not really drinking alcohol. That's what you glommed on to no, from this story? Yeah, no, the idea is this. Easy is you that, mean? Uh, no, easy maze, first of all. Amina's like worried about the alcohol consumption. That's the only thing yeah, that no. stands out to him here. We all have our niches, right? Like maze is on oh, it. I'm about her age. Cut that. My thing is the alcohol, Zach, inanimate objects. Zach is burning crosses. And Whoa, I'm not burning anything. Following orders. Some orders here and there, but I haven't burned anything. <laughs> theme levels. I mean, Zach's kind of got a lot of things. He's multidisciplinary. Animals. You gotta know your theme levels. <laughs> but yes, just... essentially 15-year-old Megan Fox was an extra in this movie, and then later on Michael Bay put her in Transformers. That is creepy. He's a creep, as we will indubitably talk about in this movie. Repeat offender Angelina Riposta from Passenger 57 and Armageddon. Jimmy Starr, repeat offender from The Watcher. Daredevil, Never Back Down and Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. And then one more, Brian Anthony Wilson, repeat offender from Snake Eyes. Bad Boys 2, directed by Michael Bay. Bay? <laughs> My... I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Michael Bay is a repeat offender from Six Underground and Armageddon. <laughs> he directed the original Bad Boys, The Rock, Pearl Harbor, five Transformer movies, and Painting Game. Presents Explosions! Explosions from Michael Bay! Boom! Michael Bay! Explosion! Boom! Five writing credits on this movie. George Gallo for characters. Wrote Midnight Run, Bad Boys, Whole Ten Yards, and the upcoming Gotti 2, the final chapter, Facts Undisputed. The Wibberleys, Marianne and Cormac. They're back. Wrote The Sixth Day, I Spy, Charlie's Angels 2, Full Throttle, and Repeat Offender for National Treasure 2. I wish I knew how to quit you. Sixth Day, I came this close. Thank God there was something after came. Yes, close. You came this close to what? The picking it for Catholic Mom. Ron Shelton gets story and screenplay credits. Wrote Bull Durham, White Men Can't Jump, Blue Chips, Tin Cup, and a repeat offender for The Great White Hype. There's a great Ron Shelton piece of trivia waiting at the end of the end of this podcast. Sometime tomorrow. Last one, Jerry Stahl. Screenplay credits, two episodes of 30-something, two episodes of Moonlighting, three episodes of ALF, and ten episodes of CSI. What a 20 CB resume. So he wrote the 1995 memoir, Permanent Midnight, which is made into a movie with Ben Stiller, which is about his real life struggles with heroin abuse while he was a TV writer. Oh, okay. He was on heroin while he was writing Moonlighting and, and, and Alf. And Alf <laughs> is the one. Because in the movie, yeah. it's some dumb, kiddish sitcom that he writes for. That was primetime television in the 80s. Alf? Yeah, that wasn't like no fucking weekend shit for kids. No, that was a big deal. Yo, I mean, imagine like the biggest show in the country right now. I guess it'd be on HBO or whatever, right? Right. And it's like, honest to God, some fucking Muppet. Hey, Willie, come here. Listen to this. Let me know when this gets irritating, okay? And now, now, 
It's irritating almost at once. What was that? Melmachian mating call. Like it? It's charming. Does it have any effect? Oh, knocks them unconscious. Synopsis for Bad Boys 2. Two loose cannon narcotics cops investigate the flow of ecstasy into Florida from a Cuban drug cartel. Pretty accurate. Loose cannon might be putting it lightly. Yeah. I mean, there's an actual cannon at one point. There's an actual cannon. Also, Will Smith's idea is just like, kill everybody. So we don't have to do paperwork. He's a bad cop. He's a really bad cop. Yeah. They're bad boys. Well, yeah, Yeah. I guess it's in the name. (laughs) What you gonna do? No tagline. What? Which I would have thought, Oh, ride together, die together. Bad boys for life. Didn't need it. You gotta understand, man. The anticipation for this movie. Bad Boys was such a big movie when it came out. And when Bad Boys 2 was announced eight years later, remember, it was like, yo, you don't even need a tagline. You can make fun of me for Scientology. You can make fun of me for Fallen Orders. You make fun of me for all the stuff. Don't you ever fucking try to explain to me the anticipation for Bad Boys 2 back in the day. All right? <laughs> I'm going to just say this real quick. I mean, watch out. You might wake up with a birdie cross on your lawn. <laughs> oh, I didn't light any crosses on fire, guys. If I was the guy in charge of tagline, I would have watched this movie at the end of it, and I would say, oh, the tagline is shake your tail feather. <laughs> Soundtrack's position. It's not soundtrack's position. It is. It's not. Anytime we need to fucking move this shit along, it's shaking tail feathers. It's just soundtrack. There's no exposition. $130 million estimated budget grossed 138.6 US, 273.3 worldwide. Thought it made more money. There's no way that covered the marketing budget. No. Because <laughs> that movie was fucking everywhere. Before we jump to this movie and you listen to the rest of this podcast, Bad Boys 2 is available on Sling or AHA. I own it. AHA is some video streaming channel that gives you two options, and neither of them are in English. Really? You can either get it in Tamil or Telugu. I rented it. I did too. It was a $15 buy. $15? Yeah. Yeah. Bad Boys 2 receives 23% from the critics on 185 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 78% from the audience on over 250,000 ratings. Amin, check the positive or the negative reviews. Shake a tail feather. Give me the positives. Hey, John, that's weird. That glass looks half full to me. Wow. Now that you mention it, it is half full. James Crute of Stuff.co.nz. Sour Crute on my hot dog. I thought it would be I am Crute. I just lost a dollar to myself. (laughs) It still won't impress your granny with its excessive violence, colorful language, and repeated unpleasantness, but Bad Boys 2 is two and a half hours of total bayhem. I hate when people say, oh, it's unpleasant. (laughs) You guys not know the nature of a good story is conflict? That's a good point. That's why this podcast is so successful. Yeah. Sean Monroe of Flickering Myth. Mythic Quest. A monument to excessive... Both exhausting and entertaining, Bad Boys 2 challenges audiences to withstand two and a half hours of stamina-sapping bayhem, but benefits from the heightened, almost surreal vulgarity at its core. So is this a real term, bayhem? I don't remember it until I saw these reviews. So it must have been something for at least movie reviewers, right? It's all over the internet, and it's posted on Urban Dictionary, August 6th, 2007. The cinematic conceit of blowing shit up on a large scale in slow motion, usually at sunset. Joel Siegel of Good Morning America. I love Will Smith, and this is the first film this summer to pass the Joel Siegel sequel test. If this had been the first one, would you want to see a sequel of it? Yeah, although shorter. 
urban cinephile critics of urban cinephile. Sure, we can quibble about the bloody body parts, the gluttony of bullets and gore, but who's going to give a damn when there's so much fun to be had? Ya boy, Michael Dakina of Film Threat. Bad Boys 2 plays like one huge fuck you to base critics by giving them all they expect from him to the nth degree. No, I would say that was Transformers yeah, that. 2, 3, 4, <laughs> four <five>. 7. <laughs> it's just been nothing but middle fingers from him. I agree. Here's three hours of this shit. <laughs> Eat it. By the way, you guys know why Michael Dukina filed that movie, right? Why? I mean, it's sad, but Michael Dukina's got a very, very steadfast formula. What formula is that? I mean, Cobra formula. Oh. Is it a black movie? <laughs> Tony Toscano of Talking Pictures. Bad Boys 2 is exactly what a summer sequel should be. Bigger, better, and badder than the original. Joe Blow of Joe Blow's Movie Network. But he does. Just enough escapism, laughs, and action to recommend to anyone who isn't drooling for Seabiscuit just yet. Ah, uh, Seabiscuit. What a time. Let me tell you something about Seabiscuit. The Phoenix Suns fucking hired a general manager because he showed them Seabiscuit. What? Apparently that was the dagger in his interview as he showed him a clip from Seabiscuit. I remember them revealing this to us as a staff and we were like this dude is a fucking moron sea biscuit are you fucking kidding me that was the point in which i lost faith in like everything <laughs> sea biscuit sea biscuit jack zinc of south florida sun sentinel beyond the extreme close-ups past the acute camera angles and above the exploding gas tanks what sets bb2 apart is its comedy Phil Villarreal of Arizona Daily Star. My guy. You say you're from Tucson, but you talk all fancy and Europe-like. This is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. Lawrence is once again a bad boy instead of just bad. Shots at Martin Lawrence in a positive review. He's saying basically between Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, Martin Lawrence made a ton of shitty movies. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> wow, he really is your guy. My guy. James Hill of BET.com. Don't die on them. To criticize boys would be like spanking your toddler for saying a naughty word at a dinner party. Was it too loud? Maybe. Inappropriate? Probably. But your soul must be dead if you didn't enjoy it. Victoria Alexander of Movies Reviews in Croatian. Whoa! Do the voice. Brookheimer Bakrid. If your stars are not killing people and destroying their meat and tendon or destroying other people's stuff, you're boring the audience. Not bad. Mark Ramsey of Movie Juice. Movie Juice. Like orange juice. Okay. Making sure because that cross is burning pretty bright. Whoa, 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 whoa. They believe in that cross, by the way. You won't find chemistry better than this if you search Tommy Lee's entire underwear drawer. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Couple of user reviews. User Steve D, four and a half out of five stars. The critic snobs are wrong on this one. Okay. Maybe it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but 23%? Come on. Deserves at least 65 or 70%. No ever movie has to include life-altering themes and powerful messages. That's right, boys. You've just been steved. And then last one, user Kyle B, three and a half out of five stars. <laughs> Kyle Bowery. 
Mike Bowery. Movie is the blueprint to what became the Transformers franchise. No. Yes. No, that's accurate. What? Yes, 100%. I love this movie, but that's accurate. The causeway scene? I mean, that's... Oh, my God. That's Transformers. Negative reviews. Stop being a pessimist. This tank is not half full. It's half empty. Keith Garlington of Keith in the Movies. It's a lonely, lonely <laughs> website name. Bad Boys 2 is brash, tawdry, and completely full of itself. It makes for a noticeable step down from a movie that wasn't all that great to begin with. Whoa, Keith. What the fuck are you talking about, Keith? Namrata Joshi of Outlook. Yo, I, I, Zach, before I had to go to the bathroom, when he came back, he said, Namrata. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to record. My wife, Donna. <laughs> An unpleasant, mean movie all the way. What mean? What are they talking about? Who's mean? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, they are talking shit to each other and oh, killing people. I don't know. Way to my first note. Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. Does he take up multiple seats? It's not Kevin Smith on a Southwest flight. Reference. Well, at least Bad Boys 2 was better than Pearl Harbor. That's true. I agree. I believe this movie was better than an attack on U.S. soil. Oh, whoa. Bruce Dionis of New Yorker. The producer Jerry Bruckheimer and the director Michael Bay's buddy cop Destructorama has all the editing beats of a sex film. I don't know about that. Not the ones I watch, buddy. Yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> Scott Tobias of AV Club. Tobias Funke. Bad Boys 2 is the rare case in which escapism involves leaving the theater. Jason Caro of Radio Times. By the end, you're past caring who kills whom and just want to escape from this smug, sadistic nonsense. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes the best joke is the one left unsaid. Joe Lazito of Big Picture, Big Sound. I put my hands up. Thought with him. What? Eating pizza. <laughs> what? What just happened there? Oh, man. No, this is the yeah. episode for me to do that as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. We usually only do the chorus. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Bombastic director Michael Bay ought to have his artistic license revoked. Big picture, big sound. You should like Michael Bay. Jason Zengale of Bullseye.com. <laughs> Zengale. Mm. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm going to get straight to the point on this one. Bad Boys 2 sucks. Daniel M. Kimmel of Worcester, Telegram and Gazette. His initials are DMK. Parents who bring kids to this should be ashamed. Yeah, probably. It's rated R. He had one loud kid in his theater, and that's why he said that. Shannon J. Harvey of Sunday Times. The most visually and orally offensive film since Mariah Carey's Glitter. Orally offensive? I mean, did he try to suck this movie's dick? Mark Palermo of the coast, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hey, I guess hostile racist homophobes need to be entertained as well. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Meme was about to take offense. He's like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> John Karamanica of Village Voice. Bad Boys 2 plays like a flashy highlight reel from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Steve Rhodes of Internet Reviews. Rhodes. Well, where are we going? We won't need roads. Like getting stuck on an amusement park ride when the operator goes on a very long lunch break and forgets about you. Couple more. Danny Minton of KBTV NBC Beaumont, Texas. Watch out, parents. The Fresh Prince really is a bad boy in this one. <laughs> Got some news for you, buddy. About that Fresh Prince of yours. Did he review this in 1995? 
Because by 2003, like, Fresh Prince has been over for eight years. Yeah, but I think there are some whites that always just refer to him as Fresh Prince. Colin Suter of eFilmCritic.com. I saw this movie on a triple dog dare. I wish I had opted to wait six months so I could stick my tongue to a flagpole in the freezing cold for an hour. A cinematic fist to the groin. Ah, Christmas story. What a tryhard. Shut up, man. Shake your tail feather. Audrey Rock Richardson of Tule Transcript Bulletin, Utah. Do the voice. Just think, for a nominal fee of $7.50, you too can watch corpses ricocheting off Miami highways and crunching under tires. You didn't do the voice. I don't know which one to do. You said our name's The Rock, right? Can you smell what The Rock is reviewing? Jeff Pavir of Toronto Star. Is a pivot. Wait, no, this is an old one. <laughs> Wait, this doesn't make sense. Hulk plays like three sisters in comparison. T3 is a talkie think fest and Charlie's Angels full throttle, a model of restraint. All those movies came out around the same time in the summer of 2003. Also, Hulk shows up in the trivia, believe it or not. And then last one, Glenn Lovell or Glenn Lavelle of San Jose Mercury News. Let me Lavelle with you. Black Hawk down on laughing gas. That's Black Hawk, I mean. Oh, that was going back to those sex films. We'll have Amin's first note after these messages. Amin, what is your first note? Watch the trailer. Five Horsemen is banter. Lock it in. Wow. I have one challenger in this movie. Oh, no, I end up having the boys. We got ourselves a horse race at some point in here. <laughs> but after watching the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this movie. It was wall-to-wall banter it's heavy banter yeah it's got to be banter lock it in i also watched the shake your tail feather video too oh file what a time capsule to a simpler time so fun yeah it was just so fun my first note bruckheimer lightning graphic that always gets me to pop (laughs) along with that quick zoom down the road right like oh we're in an ecstasy lab in amsterdam They're manufacturing almost an alarming volume of pills with women's (laughs) silhouettes etched into them. What can only be described as a fuckload of pills are being stored and transported in coffins. And all of this is shot in Bay Vision, by the way. Bay Vision's amazing. Random man gets to to say at the Amsterdam Harbor, yeah, all this is under control. (laughs) Early entry. Louis Finock Award. On to Miami, Florida. Biscayne Bay, slow rolling shot. Hector Juan Carlos Johnny Tapia is on the phone and lets a lackey know that $150 million in his dope is on the way. Today's going to be a good day. We get some latitude's position, 25 degrees north, 94 degrees west, and the cargo's being dropped in the water. Speedboat tracking down coffins being dumped. This is not a good plan, I think. Dropping caskets of Coke? Is that a liter of cola? It's going to sink, right? The coffins have inflatable balloons, Zach. I didn't know that yet. They do have inflatable balloons attached to them. Don't worry. Michael Bay has anticipated every question you have for this movie. I agree. Including why did they play Shake Your Tail Feather so many times? Just saw it in the credits. Executive music consultant, Sean P. Diddy Combs. Oh, that's why. Also, (laughs) additional music by Dr. Dre. Yeah, which also comes up later in my notes. Yeah. But it wasn't really new music from him. Nope. It's just what he had lying around. You can recycle this one played 8 billion times. Aftermath. When you're not playing fucking shake yourself. I was trying to find some sort of article on the Dr. Dre thing for trivia. And the only thing I found was an MTV News announcement that he was doing it. And it said he's working on his next album, which will be his last. Yeah. Well, that's not wrong. 2003. That's not wrong. What a time. 
Two girls are in bed. One whispers, do you want to see his gun? Ooh. Am I to believe that this drug kingpin has simply one gun in a nightstand? There's no way. Is one gun? Yeah. I also wondered, is the nightstand on the side of the bed that he frequents? Is this crazy of me to say I did not know that ecstasy was imported? I also did not know that. I thought it was here. I thought they just made it in labs here. Yeah, maybe that's not even true. I don't think it's an exclusive thing. Good ecstasy came from Europe. From Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's under control. <laughs> or they say, yeah, in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, yeah, we beat the Irish, so I think we're pretty good drinkers. Yeah, so I'd say we're pretty good drinking. <laughs> she pretends to shoot the gun going bang, bang, and then somehow this bingo pulls the trigger anyway and shoots the mouth off a statue. It made me think of that cop and Legion, like if he had actually shot... <laughs> By accident. All right. She drops the gun, says sorry to him, despite him muttering, fucking bitches. He takes it surprisingly well. He does. The Air Force is tracking stuff on the water? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's the Coast Guard? Coast Guard, Air Force, scramble a helo. Good Lord. And then the people at the speedboat just cover it with the tarp? Yep. Which makes them invisible? How did that hide it? There's just drawings of waves on the tarp? It's not even a special tarp. No. It's just a tarp. And then they give up. They're like, well, guess there's nothing here. <laughs> the cargo is loaded on Dixie 7. Cut to Stiltsville, five miles off Miami. This guy passing off the payment his ass on, by the way. He's terrible. Fortunately for him, he's got a lot of competition. Drugs have been passed on to another group of guys. This operation runs deep. That's when we get the iconic slow-mo shot uh, of a helicopter going over the Miami sign. Over the Miami sign. A oh. Michael Bay staple. It's always yeah. a plane or a helicopter in slow-mo. Bay Vision. Bay. I started calling it Michael Bay seasoning. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't need that. Nice. I got a different term later on. Henry Rollins has led the TNT team have some tactical exposition as they know what their mission is. Charles, Shaq, Kenny, and Ernie. <laughs> All right, TNT, listen up to this exposition. These guys are going to have a lot of firepower, and they hate the law. And I said, I love the idea of someone asking the follow-up as the reason why he provided the second part of that statement. Meaning, all right, guys, these guys have a lot of firepower. But yeah, we're cops. We should be cool, right? Yeah. No. They hate the law. Oh, I also like, he goes, we're going to hit him from three directions. Water team, vehicle assault. And we got guys on foot. I'm like vehicle assault. What does that mean? You're just going to run them over or you just have guys in vehicles. Calling the cavalry. Teams get into position. We got snipers. We got night vision goggles. Guys emerging maskless from that disgusting, dirty water just all over their mouths. Swamp thing. Oh, swamp thing. File. Loved that movie as a kid. And then directed by Michael Bay, right as a cross is lit on fire. Catholic month? (laughs) Flaring up. Night vision goggles can't see anything with this burning cross. It's a clan meeting. They're gathering around. There's a guy dropping off money. He didn't know there was a rally tonight and he's mad about it. He's so pissed. We get a white power chant and then a film noir oh. as Will Smith and Martin Lawrence reveal themselves from underneath the clan hoods. Blue power motherfuckers, Miami PD. Oh, damn. It's the Negros. Casper, drop the bag. Alpha leader, bring them in. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you gonna, gonna do? What, what you gonna, gonna do when we come for you? The next step, the next next, 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 next
Dude, you gotta learn the words. We usually only do the chorus. Who knew that Amin was doing a Martin Lawrence impression this whole time? The whole time, the whole time. That's off for Amin. I request clip that for future use whenever Amin tries to sing. <laughs> yeah. And retroactively go back and add it to all the yes. previous episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha leader can't hear him. Transmission is breaking up. Michael Shannon tries to run away. Martin trips him, and one of the Klansmen grabs Martin and puts a gun to his head. Just because you got a gun to my partner's head, you thinking I ain't gonna splatter your shit all over the swamp? It's just like that's what I'm thinking. The Klansman is dropping a lot of niggas, but he's not doing ER. He's going nigga, like the teacher in that video, nigga. <laughs> Nigga, please. <laughs> I love when he's like, my partner came prepared to die. He's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, you're ready to die, aren't you? The fuck I want to do that for? A, you can put the gun down, tell me who's bring this shit, and maybe I'll just pop one in your shoulder. B, keep acting all brody. I'm going to plant one in your chest. Martin says, or C, take the time, you know, maybe talk a minute. De-escalate the situation. And I call this the odd couple exposition. TNT force thinks something's going down. Henry Rollins says, don't move because they don't have confirmation. Marcus tells Mike that the man has a gun to his head. He says, I bet he'll put it down if I put a hollow point in his eye. It's called a cocky N-word. Damn, now is that necessary, sir? How come he can't just be a cop? Mike, look, calm down. Calm down, I'm calm. I'm calm. Just take it easy, man. I'm perfectly calm, dude. Yeah, waving the fucking gun around? Calmer than you are. Will you just take it easy? Calmer than you are. What? Hey! Whoa! Whoa! I am way too unstable for that bullshit. Stop all the goddamn movement. Everybody stop moving. Tells Shannon to exercise his right to shut the fuck up. This scene reminded me of like, this was Will Smith fucking movie star. Yeah. As he's just going like, woo! It was nostalgic to the time Man. when Will Smith was on top of the world. He was a movie star. Killing it. He was A-plus lister right there. Michael B. Jordan could never. No. Fraud. <laughs> like Marcus says, we can't let y'all go, but look, this shit will get worked out in court. It's also like prime Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence fucking hilarious in this movie. Uh, this is past his prime. No, no, no. In this character, he's so good. This was the movie. I might be mistaken. I didn't think to look it up. In trivia, but this was the movie that he was wearing trash bags to lose weight for, and he passed out and all that shit, right? Yeah, I think so. Because he's trying to get in shape for. Because he's like wearing a jersey and shirts in the pool and stuff all the time. Like he clearly was not going shirtless for a reason. Yeah, he needed this. Yeah, but I think in this character with Will Smith, he's at his peak. No, he is at his peak, but I'm just saying this isn't his prime, though. Well, how is someone in his prime but not at his peak? It's like saying, oh, man, LeBron plays so well whenever he plays with Steph Curry in the All-Star game. But, like, in his regular day-to-day, he's not that great anymore. He's not in his prime. Hashtag year 20. (laughs) Strive for greatness. All right, Marcus says he's going to give them a warning. It's the best he can do. Mike says three seconds to put the gun down. Starts counting. Martin says he goes to bed early for this shit just to wake up, pop one in a motherfucker. And as he's about to go, a guy behind Mike grabs a shotgun. Marcus yells, gun. Mike turns around, shoots him, and chaos ensues. Mike shoots the guy holding Marcus. TNT hears the gunshots. They say, rock and roll. We got a shootout. We have wooden crates blocking bullets somehow. Yep. Some kind of physics there. It's some good, solid cover. Mike rolling on the ground, shooting somehow. Slow motion. Exploding a wooden dock. Just <laughs> Every explosion, people get launched in this movie. Clearly being yanked by wires. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can almost see the wires. A guy called White Power Bill is about to shoot Marcus from behind with a shotgun. Oh, 
Mike goes diving through the air. Two guns fire, and we follow the path of the bullet. Bullet time. Shatter some bottles through three jugs of moonshine. Grazes Marcus's ass cheek and hits White Power Bill through his neck. He screams in slow motion. The camera work is kind of insane. It's great. It's not just Matrix bullet time. It's no. definitely Michael Bayified. Yeah. We built this bullet. We built this bullet on Sergey. I built this bullet. We built this bullet on Sergey. Harmony gets better every time we do that. I mean, slows way down for some reason. I do not understand. Because I think there's a delay. Because when I start singing it, you guys are so far behind. So I'm like, oh, let me slow down. Oh, okay. Calvary comes in and saves Mike from a Klansman. Everybody storms the rally. Rollins asks, everyone's okay. Mike says, we're fine. What do you mean, we? Motherfucker shot me in the ass, man. Will Smith's reaction of absolute surprise is so great. Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who will be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I've, I, was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But damn, somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Yo, man, how's it feel? It's hot, man. Smell my ass burning. Marcus and Reyes come in. They're the counterparts to Marcus and Mike. So we've got banter between the cops. We've got banter partnership to partnership. We got some racist banter in there. Oh, yeah. Yo, Mike, why don't you just give it a little kiss, man? You know, so you feel better. Hey, just pretend like we're not even here, man. Isn't Ricky Martin having a concert? Get the fuck on. You always got to go racial, man. It's sad, man. I think it's cool, man. It hit the meat. It ain't nowhere near the hole. Meet the attendant. TNT op come up. They got only two lousy bags of ecstasy. This guy next to Henry Rollins has his ass on. Yeah. Asked about the biggest shipment ever. Mike says he'll worry about his snitch. A lot of cop work for nothing. We cut to the drug mansion. Johnny Tapia wants to know how the police knew where to bite him. <laughs> Once the boat schedule change, keep him guessing. Marcus is with Mike on a helicopter and they start really reciting the same thing. Mike is just yeah. mimicking Marcus. Unlike you, my daddy didn't leave me no trust fund. Not in it for the thrills. Odd couple exposition. That's what's happening. They're different, guys. It's recasting exposition from the previous movie. We knew about the trust fund. But maybe you're just walking into Bad Boys too. You never saw Bad Boys. Like you listen to Cinephobe. You do sequels first. Mike admits to shooting him, but he still saved him. Doesn't know why he's acting so angry about it. How many movies have we done the sequels of first? Three. That's it? I don't know. I just made the number up. Okay, go ahead. Maze, episode numbers? This is a four-hour podcast already. <laughs> Going ups 2. Yeah. Bad Boys 2. Horrible Bosses 2. Predator 2. Yeah, I like Predator 2. I, I mean, also, not the sequel. Scary Movie 3. Troll 2. Teen Wolf 2. Daddy's Home 2. Look Who's Talking 2. TMNT 2. Secret of the Ooze. Sister Act 2. Leprechaun in the Hood was the fifth one or the fourth one. Now You See Me 2, Jingle All the Way 2, Rocky 4. Cut to a therapist's office as Marcus is talking about he's not angry. And she says, you're angry. Her repeating that he's angry makes him angry. It's annoying like a gnat at a barbecue. She wants him to admit he's angry and he loves himself. Woosah. 
I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yes, I do know what the fuck I'm talking about. Marcus says Mike needs therapy. Mike says he did therapy. Captain made him do it after he shot all those people at the airport. Got to him fucking his therapist. Woosah. Yeah, except erotically this time. Woosah. That is wildly inappropriate, by the way. Very unprofessional. Poppy? That's daddy, right? Oh, poppy talk. Yeah. Woosah. Got to Marcus saying woosah with group therapy. Woosah. Woosah. A bunch of men hugging and kissing. That's some cult shit. Uh, I'm problematic. He's a problem. We fly over Miami. We leave the helicopter and go down through the vent system mm-hmm. of a building that leads us into a club. Bay Vision. Yes. The Michael Bayness of this movie is at an all-time high. So the swooping shot, the helicopter's coming around a building, the camera's moving. It goes through the shaft. It's making sharp turns. Women are dancing underneath the sprinkler. It's still one continuous shot. We go down to waist level, then come back up through a glass ceiling to Peter Stormare counting money, pursing his lips in rose-colored glasses. And this fake tracking shot is still going, still going. as it zooms over to a tray full of ecstasy, all the way to a close-up. I said, Cheeks, it's been a while. It has been a while. Like we, like It's been since, uh, what was the movie with Men, Men on, on Fire? fire. Yeah. Just man off. Wow, that was quick, Zach. Zach was like, I know exactly. I know, I know your mind at this point. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me, how, what, what would a mean consider to be cheeks? <laughs> let me let me go back to my Rolodex. Strobe lights. Who likes them? Why do we have strobe lights? I like a strobe light. I'll be honest. I hate strobe lights. I like a strobe light. I go in epileptic shock every single time. I don't. Hey, man, you get that Amsterdam ecstasy going oh man you know you want that strobe light you get a sprinkler in the club that's the exact correct environment for strobe lights but apparently there's a 15 year old there but don't worry she's not drinking gotta write songs i said oh i wouldn't do it with anybody younger than my daughter no little kids gotta be big older than my wife my daughter something like that Peter Stormage has an incredible John Waters mustache. And as he's counting the money and seeing everything he loves beneath him with that glass floor slash ceiling, he's just so ass off. I believed he was a drug dealing club owner in Miami. Yeah, he's so versatile, you know? People taking pills on the dance floor, people passing out the pills. And we cut back to the hospital where Marcus is laying face down on a gurney. And Mike is walking with him and the doctor. Mike says he's blowing this way out of proportion. Marcus says, my ass is out of proportion. I have a big chunk missing. The doctor well actually is him. It's a small chunk. Mike says the undue tension in the relationship isn't going to help them in the long run. And Marcus alludes, says, maybe there won't be a long run. Oh, foreshadowing. At some point, he tells the doctor he's seeing a shrink and does the cuckoo-cuckoo-cuckoo thing. And I said, oh, man, back then therapy was not allowed, dude. Oh, that was firmly 20 CB right there. Mike calls his snitch ice pick. Ice Pick embarrassed him in front of his people. Ice Pick tries to explain, and Mike says, pray to whatever it is you pray to. Huh. That's God, because Haitians, Catholic, Catholic month. Seems like if it was God, he would know. Why would he know? Because he doesn't understand who he prays to. Because he doesn't understand racist the Haitians. Yeah, Mike is a little racist here. It shows a misunderstanding of rich boy Mike Lowry not knowing other people around him. He's just involved with himself. He's a narcissist. Ice Pick has 24 hours to find the ex or he'll find him. Tapia calls Stormage about the cops hitting his mules. Stormage says he doesn't know where it's coming from and it's a delicate situation for both of them. Downstairs, a guy is ODing in plain sight of their glass floor on the bar. Yeah. Can you OD 
on Oak and Ecstasy? I think back then it was like very chemical. I think there were issues of the chemistry being fucked up and people like going into seizures. They talk about it being souped up later. Yeah. So it's probably cut with something that could kill you. I'm sorry, Mr. Top, I gotta hang up. Some fucking punk thinks he can die in my club. Ecstasy fucks them up. He kind of weighs it. Oh, you know, like it's annoying that they die, but what are you going to do? Price of doing business. Shout out to the product placement for Sky Vodka that's just chilling there. Oh, boy. Oh, the product placement in this movie. What a masterclass in product placement. There's one scene in specific that's, oh. It's not quite Jack and Jill levels of product placement, but it's up there. They have a Jack and Joe moment in this movie. What kind of drainage system is in this club to have sprinklers running nonstop and there's no standing water? A good drainage system. The best kind. The blood sprinklers went off and extinguished the fire before it could really get going. The blood sprinklers. The blood sprinklers that have never worked any of the times we have tried to make them work. <laughs> Stormage has the body dragged out of the club and dumped in an alley and shake your tail feathers, please. We get another shot of that Miami sign at sunrise. <laughs> Alonzo Morning is floating in an above ground pool. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's Marcus. And that's when I realized, wow, pre-Shack. Yeah. His daughter is there to give some sweet exposition about Sid. I'd let you know that Marcus's daughter doesn't let the exposition fall far from the tree. A little walk and talk exposition from this child. Precocious. She's talking to Aunt Sid, a.k.a. Gabby Union. Must be so cool. Young, single, living in New York. Probably hook up with a lot of cute guys. Just like sex in the city. Reference. Cancel the damn cable. I like Marcus yelling that. Sid clarifies she's sort of a cop. Works for the DEA, pushes a lot of papers, nothing exciting. No, Sid clarifies, I'm sort of a cop. <laughs> Marcus is trying to get out of the pool and the ladder's wobbly. He wants a screwdriver. He doesn't want his sister fighting crime. Teresa infers that he can't get it up because of the gunshot wound to his ass and he says it's just nerve damage. Mike pulls up in his Ferrari. He's got a donut pad for Marcus. I still think Mike is a dirty cop. You don't think it's a trust fund? No, I think he has a trust fund, but because he's got a trust fund, who's going to ask him? Who's going to doubt that that's his money? Oh, I like that theory. It's the perfect cover. He got the donut pad from a maternity store. Pregnant women use it to take pressure off the other cheek. I love this shot between the two of them yep. as it cuts from back and forth because it's just through the donut. Mm-hmm. It's such a great shot. Framing Marcus's face. Clever. Marcus cuts off Mike, says he had an epiphany. Realized that Mike is an enigma. Throwing around big words. God sent you here to test me. And guess what? Not gonna break me and Mike. No, Wusa. Have you guys ever done anger management or any sort of therapy like that? I have not. No. Have you ever done couples therapy? Yes. Wow. Tell us more. Not together. Didn't work. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. They blame you for everything. They didn't blame me for everything, but like I didn't really know what was going on with therapy in general, and it was her therapist, which is a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. No, that's the situation that. I don't support it all is someone is seeing a therapist and then they bring you in. That should be on the therapist to be like, this is not how you do it. And it's essentially like, oh, I have all these notes on you. Let's check. Yeah, that's not fair. It should be a new therapist, independent person. Yeah, but it didn't last long and it didn't last long. There you go. It didn't last long and it didn't last long. I mean, I mean, have you had anger management therapy? No, no, no. Maybe you should. Didn't have that at the Suns. That's weird. They didn't have that built into the program. (laughs) Yeah. Sarver wasn't throwing that around as an option. Strange. Mike sees Sid walk by in the background. He barges in. Is that Sid? Marcus walks to the fridge. 
where his quick tip stress checklist is posted. When he walks in the backyard, Sid jumps on Mike and starts kissing him. Mike gets nervous. Hold on, brother. She does the Nacho Libre Anaconda squeeze. <laughs> but also, yes, I mean, let's back it up for. Yes, yes. Thank you, Maze. Thank you. Oh, boy. Because as he's walking out to the backyard to go talk to Sid, Teresa is walking in and. Christ, that sounds unhealthy. Oh, my slobbering God. all over that yeah. spot. We're still on that one. Yeah. There's so many shots. Because the number one thing about Michael Bay is the camera is constantly moving. But he cuts to a woman's body part, and then the scene starts. So this is yeah. one of the first where we start with a close-up of Teresa's ass. Oh, my God. That's a wagon. Oh, God bless her. God bless you, Teresa Randall. God bless her for sure. But, you know, we don't have to, like, rewind and get to you noticing that, right? Yes, we do. He's nervous that Marcus is going to know that he and Sid are together. He didn't tell Marcus about New York. He just knows that he dropped a witness off last month. Marcus is trying to spy on them, drinking a Miller Lite. There's lots of exposition in this scene, back and forth exposition, and I said, "Yeah, should I rethink my horseman? No, this is just the setup. We got to get everything in position, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying, at this point, this is live tracking. The live looking. Marcus is going to transfer, guys, and guess what? They both have secrets. What? what? We're getting cuts between both of them trying to tell the women in their lives that timing is important. Exposition. Mike says Scarface is limping around in there and needs a few minutes to let his butt heal up good. Scarface reference. <laughs> oh, I thought that was for butt healing up. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> Sid wants to go tell him because this is dumb. Mike says he'll do it. They're not vibing right now. He just needs a minute. She says, toughen up, G. Don't be scared. I don't like when white people write for black people. A significant other calls me bro or something like that. It's rare, but it'll happen every once in a while, especially like in a fight. And I'm just like, don't call me bro. It's like, it's like Jason Bateman in Arrested Development. Every time someone calls Orange County the OC and he's like, don't call it that. That's me interrupting. Like, don't call me bro. Don't do that. Bro, are you serious? Have you heard a lot that a lot in fights, Zach? Well, I wouldn't say like that. No. Bro, are you serious? I thought that's how Derek talked. Uh, <laughs> no, Derek talks like. Oh, damn, did we lose Zach? Derek talks like mute. <laughs> I don't know how it mute. Derek just shoved a dick in Zach's mouth. He like, did. That's how wow. I fucking Whoa. talk, motherfucker. Whoa. It's hard to hear Derek talk when he's got his dick in your mouth. Yeah. This is the movie for racist homophobes, apparently. <laughs> Derek's black? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Regular hot dog carton here. <laughs> All right. The dog's in the pool, which I find disgusting. Disgusting. Family's eating under a gazebo or something. Wow. Film noir. I thought you guys would be in full fucking support of that shit. No. Yeah, but to be fair, you're an idiot. Yeah. When you own an animal, you know that they just ruin everything. Yeah. You know that there's fur and shit. That's going to be disgusting. I, I wouldn't even want half the people I know to be in the pool. Just you and Derek, huh? I got to tell you, I don't even need Derek to be in the pool. Just next to it. Which half do you think that is? I mean, <laughs> half the people are allowed in a pool and half the people get a flaming cross on their lawn. That's how it goes. You think not Derek then. that I have an even split of 50-50? Sometimes you don't need to lean into it. Let me just throw that out there. That's a question for Mace. I like it when he leans into it because he incriminates himself. Derek likes it when I lean into it. Sophomoric. 
That's what Kevin Arnav is called, Cinefo, by the way. All right. He calls the pool a big ass puddle wrapped in blue plastic, but it costs $3,900. Yeah, we get some exposition about Sid knew that Mike was in New York, but Marcus didn't tell Sid that Mike was in New York. Teresa's interrupting. She's playing some traffic cop there. Some exposition wondering how long Sid will be in town. She's staying at the most amazing hotel. Has a great pool. We find out the pool is $3,900 at Marcus's place. His daughter asks, how much do the good pools cost? I laughed. That's banter, isn't it? It is banter. Okay. Sid has to go to a meeting. Marcus wants to talk to Mike by his stupid pool. Wants to know why he's always got to come over and try to take over the whole thing. This is his family. His place of peace. And that's when Mike wants to know, you taking medication? You taking medication for that thing? Doesn't know what he did. And Marcus says, just forget it. He throws something for the dog. The dog is chained up. That chain rips across the support of the pool, rips it down, it falls apart, it spills over, and Marcus's stuntman is rolled into the canal. Well, he's not rolled into the canal. He falls down and then proceeds to roll because the water wasn't enough. Yeah, he willingly rolls with the water. Oh, oh no. Now that shit is funny. That's some funny shit. Mike gets a call from Ice Pick. Haitian's about to make a move. Time to roll. I love the way he answers the phone. Yo, it's Larry. You hot? That's 2003, man. Because he changes it throughout the movie. Reminds me of when Amin said he answers the phone. This is Amin talking. <laughs> I remember that. Some nice MGD product placement on a delivery truck. Oh, yeah. Backs into a building where Stormage and his goons are. There's a sting operation happening as they're under surveillance. MGD truck opens up and surprise! Oh, it's Sid! Film Noir! She slides open fake mgd boxes into a retractable door stinks like sex in here she comes highly recommended out of new york did a good job for their russian cruise wants to know how old she is she says old enough and i said easy mate lots of good exposition going on here she runs money through their county machine stormage is hitting on her he lets her know three of his cousins are dancing in the bolshoi theater in moscow but also i like hippie hop too his little tongue flick when he thinks that he's talking dirty very ass off. Machine counts $4,900 in bills. Goon says he gave her 5000 They argue over the amount. She holds her own. Stormage is sold on her. Brings her to his office where the money is everywhere. Pills are everywhere. A little more than $3 million there. She gets tough again about how he came to her. Tough talking jargon. Lots of jargon. Lots of money laundering jargon. Man expecting the delivery of the money is going to be mad at him, not her. He likes the attitude. They're counting a buttload of money. She's explaining the math of it to all of them. $2 million delivered to the guy. She keeps 300 k of the clean money. Alexi hates math. Goon thinks they're giving up too much. Joseph's got a pencil to show that he's smart. Like Matt Patricia. Just like Matt Patricia. He's doing the numbers himself. That's his role. So watch says they'll call the general renegotiate. General Thickcock? He's making love to this handkerchief. Everybody's on the move to the money drop. The Haitians are following them. Oh, the Haitian Zopound. And they blow a fucking horn to rally the Haitian troops. I, I laughed so hard. I fucking lost it. It's an antelope horn. Super Catholic, right, Zach? And the Jewish culture is called the shofar. Yeah, it's Jewish. Okay. Those Haitian Jews. <laughs> wow. Excuse the Haitian people in this movie. I know you like to generalize, but the Haitian people in this movie for me are an ominous. <laughs> Guess that's not okay to you. You're really gonna go with that? Is it Omnis Month? Mike and Marcus, Mike and Marcus. Just off the podcast. <laughs> are following the Haitians, wondering who they're about to rip. I'm not a divisive person when it comes to religion. I I embrace all walks of life. You see it on all my platforms. I talk to 
all races, all cultures, all religions. Surveillance all over the city. Post 9-11, law enforcement budgets were insane. Yep. <laughs> Just absolutely insane. Haitian Zopan followed to a massive parking garage. We have Mike and Marcus following the Haitians. Uh, the Haitians are following DEA, posing as money cleaners, Stormage crew, Tapia's crew, DEA. This is chaos. There's so many people watching this happen from different levels. And so many cuts. And I could not figure out instantly who was with who. Takes you a moment every single time. We cut to some more Bay Vision Bay. Helicopter swooping around the construction site. Yep. Zoom in and we find my man Guerra from Oz is there with binoculars watching the parking deck. You know, it's funny. Never really thought about it. But like in movies since the dawn of time, anytime someone's looking through binoculars, the way they do that is they just literally like have a, a stencil <laughs> Of like two circles. Yeah. And they put it in front of the guy. There you go. Yeah, it's binoculars. <laughs> Three black males in an orange muscle car following the SUV to the roof. The Haitians run up. They shoot the driver of the Yukon. Blood splatters all over Sid's white suit. She immediately shoots the guy. She closes the door on the other Haitians, pushes the pedal with her hand in reverse to speed away. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she's handling this car. Helen Hunt Award. She's not a great driver. We'll get to well, it. No, she is a great driver. No, 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 no. She's doing pretty well right now. No, she's like with her hand. Yeah. She's not, she can't even see where she's going. She's going down a ramp. On a rooftop. Yo, but shout out to the cops. I love how cops in the movies... When something really tragically bad happens, they always just seem irritated. A bunch of people got shot. They're like, oh, motherfucker. Like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> like he forgot his phone upstairs. Like, ah, oh, I got to go back up these stairs. <laughs> she smashes a guy with another car off the SUV. Tapia's guys are now going to follow the Yukon. She's driving down the ramp with a guy stuck. Zach, you always got to watch out for hot ponds. Okay. <laughs> Always got to watch out for hot pods. They're going to get hot pods. Shooter from another car is firing at the Yukon. She smashes the guy with the door open. He flies way off the ramp on like three floors. Yes, he does. Just a uh, Haitian flying through the air with the door. Is this Yukon bulletproof? They're unloading a fuckload of bullets on this thing. It's just the beginning, man. The amount of bullets and cars getting ripped up. By the way, also, I love that like at some point they should... <laughs> I just saw the part where the guy flies with the door. <laughs> not quite Sharon Stone and Catwoman, but it's close. It's not far from it, though. <laughs> Could he use one shot where he's flipping vigorously and then another where he's normal? It's closer to Sharon Stone and Catwoman than it is in the McPoyles dropping off the roof of Patty's Pub in that hostage episode. So the funny thing is you see close up of the bad guys, close up of her, close up of Mike and Marcus. And then every once in a while, they put it in perspective. These cars are like three feet away from each other. Super close. There's no chance you're dumping an automatic weapon. No. Just round after round. And she's fine. How many cameras do you think Michael Bay has rolling on average? 10, 20, a hundred. The cars all had cameras on them underneath them. I think this movie was done in one shot, but just a hundred cameras. <laughs> Take a deep breath. You only need one shot. Make it count. It's how you allocate your funds, you know? Marcus and Mike know it's Sid driving the car. Man, what is your sister into? Mike wonders. And we got a car chase, boys. Mm-hmm. Muscle cars chasing the Yukon. Mike's Ferrari chasing them. He drives on the sidewalk. She's got no front door. They're chasing her down Canal Street. Ferrari pulls up next to a Haitian car. Marcus shows his badge. Mike says, just shoot him. Yeah. That's not good cop work. I'm telling you, this dude's a dirty cop. <laughs> he shoots out a tire on the car. They crash into a station wagon for no reason. Mike stops the car to get a machine gun out of the case. Sid's just yelling, move, 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 move. move. 
Helen hunts this thing by oh, just yes. crashing right into an intersection. T-bones her way. Hey, T-bones. There is a 15 car pileup at this crosswalk. I think I done just got mad. Very action movie. He spins the Ferrari around, goes straight towards the pileup. There's a sliding 360 leaning out the window, firing the machine gun. And then dumps that shit. This is a public intersection where the majority yeah. of the cars are civilians who aren't drug dealers or trying to kill them or Sid. Who just got crashed into by your girlfriend. And he unloads. Dumps it. This machine gun. <laughs> he only kills one guy too. <laughs> he only hits the guy in the front. And then yells, now show him your badge. And he speeds off. I just thought, what? Ah, uh, but it looked great, didn't it? Because that's all that matters. It looks amazing. Cops pull up for a gunfight. Mark is wearing a Michael Victor's. I didn't yeah. notice that one. Doing somersaults. They roll behind a transformer box. Mike joins him for the shootout. Sid is trying to smash her way out of the pileup. She's still yelling move. She's just ramming cars. Now she's Austin Powers trying to turn the golf cart around. Uh, her car still works? It still works, man. Her plan is just to go back and forth. What an ad for Yukon. You can do it. There is an unholy amount of gunfire happening in broad daylight in these streets. So many bullets. Cops are getting mowed down. One cop yells, get the world down here. These Bad guys are going to extreme lengths to kill someone that they were trying to rob the drop. Well, I think they were just going to shoot everybody and go. Why are they so sold on still going after Sid? It's a lot of money, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's not that much money. It's just like, all right, it went bad. We had to get out of here. They also keep using the same shot of Haitian Mr. T putting his gun on the hood of the car and firing at cops. It means asking a lot of logical questions, which I respect. Sorry. But the thing <laughs> is, is that this is just the amuse bush for this set piece i mean ask me that question again okay all right oh fuck what was the question <laughs> why are these guys going to such lengths if you have a submission submit it but <laughs> how did you forget your question 30 <laughs> seconds later ask that question one more time Just leave all this in <laughs> These bad guys are going to extreme lengths. Why? <laughs> Worth it. All right, Mike guns down uh, a guy. Somewhere there's someone who's going to listen to this episode, their first episode of Cinephobe. Like, oh, I love fucking bad boys too. And they're listening to this shit and they're not going to get a single one of these references. Not a thing, no. There's a Haitian that shoots out the Yukon back window, which was somehow still intact with a thousand bullets going towards it. Yeah. Sid grabs a shotgun, blows him away. She finally rams the Yukon free and a Haitian runs up on a semi truck that's delivering cars. We see a shot of a tiny little public patch of grass with bystanders just drop to the ground screaming and open fire from both sides between the cops and the Haitians. This makes the opening of Predator 2 look like the Stone Age. I wrote, this is the most batshit crazy action scene we've had since the Magnets in Six Underground. Oh, this is nuts. Once again, it's the amuse-bouche. For what's about to happen. Haitians commandeer the semi-truck and chase after Sid. Mike is speeding alongside another road side by side. Semi-rams a bunch of shit and we get a chase on the old causeway. Oh, the causeway. MacArthur Causeway. Don't lose her, Mike. This is what I do. What? <laughs> what does that mean? By the way, Gabby Union at this point is ass on trying to freak out at this gunfire in the Yukon. <laughs> Completely ass on. At some point someone says, these dudes is off the chain. And I said, oh. 
That's awesome, Mike. But when he says don't lose her, she's maybe 300 yards ahead on a straightaway. That's what I'm saying. Whenever they zoom out and we see perspective, they're right there. Marcus accidentally shoots up the glove compartment of Mike's car. Oh, and man, what the, what are, you, what, what, what are you doing, man? That's my bad. Shoot outside. Pay attention to what you're doing. The Haitians start releasing cars off the back of the truck. That's when we get, ah, these dudes are off the chain. Because they're shooting chains free. Get it? Oh. And so that is banter. You see that? That they're throwing cars? How would I not see that? More banter. Cop cars just getting rammed left and right. One gets caught on a tow chain, just being dragged behind. I came in like a wrecking ball. That car, by the way, gets shot up and explodes for no reason. And this is the part where I said, you know what? Say what you will, but this motherfucker Michael Bay sure knows his way around a wild ass chase scene. I mean, yes, I wrote in all caps at this point. This is a fucking great moment. In fact, this is Bay cocky. Oh, Bay cocky. Maze. This scene doesn't remind you of Transformers. This whole shit with the fucking semi crashing into shit. I mean, just because shit's blowing up, like that's what I don't. I guess it's the cars on a freeway as carnage is happening. I guess. I mean, I thought of it more as like an evolution of Michael Bay than like, oh, this is Mm. prep for Transformers. There's a lot of the rock in this, right? Of like the chase through the streets of San Francisco and everything. It was San Francisco. It wasn't Atlanta, right? Yeah, it was San Francisco. I just always get the two confused. (laughs) It's easy to do, you know? Venom, venom, venom. (laughs) They start releasing cars. This is some sick shit. About to get sicker. They start releasing cars off the top deck of the semi-transport. Mike's dodging them left and right. He keeps weaving through and catching up, and then he's 100 feet back again. They start arguing about Marcus trying to help. The car tumbles right over the roof. Marcus decides to stick his head out the window for that. What? And we get the shot of the car going over his head. Fast and Furious definitely, Fast and Furious 4, I should say, definitely stole this. Mike is unreasonably calm through all this. Zach, this is what he does. Unreasonably. Mack truck pulls up next to a boat on a trailer. Why? We haven't blown up enough shit yet. Now this boat is sliding across traffic lanes. They cocky. It obliterates the cop car. Cars are getting corkscrew launched into the air left and right. Absolutely thrown 2,000 pound vehicles just getting thrown into the air massive massive explosions and just like that Sid escaped that's it she's just gone at that point we haven't seen her in a good couple minutes it's just been yeah the Haitians shoving cars off of this Mack truck and she got away all of a sudden she's calling she's like I lost them (laughs) going to the backup drop point what the Haitians have fled the semi-truck. And I said, now you give up, bad guys? Well, the scene's over. I mean, they blew everything up. Yeah, the scene's over. Mike and Marcus follow Sid to the new drop point, And he says, some desk you're driving. She tells them she's undercover, wants them to call off their dogs because they would blow her cover. They say that they saved her life. She appreciates that. But what she doesn't appreciate is them following her, nearly burning a case that took five months to set up. She's ass on trying to explain this. Marcus is pissed about her lying. Mike tries to calm down. She tells them that cash is in the truck. She can't tell them where it's going. She's got a career. And if she wants to keep it, she has rules to follow. Miami PD has too many leaks. That's when Marcus gets offended. Oh, I'm Miami PD now. You done forgot I'm your big brother. You know what, Sid? That shit you did was reckless. It was stupid and it was dangerous. I'm telling mommy. Definitely leaking that shit. Golden Dubster nominee. He storms off. Mike tries to reason with her. Mentions love and professional courtesy of 
bouncing in someone's backyard. She starts going to some kind of like trauma or shock. She's never used a gun before. That's her first time she handled that shotgun pretty well. Zach, it's called ass on. It's not using a gun that was traumatic. I would say it was probably the exploding cars all over the place. Oh my God. I'm getting shot at. Eight billion times. He says you handled yourself very well. She says, too bad your partner didn't notice. What? She's just trying to impress her brother. This job is rugged and it's dangerous. And if something happened to you, I might. Exactly why I didn't say anything. As Mike consider having a moment, Tapia's guys pull up to the Yukon, grab the money. She says the drop is done. She's got to go. DEA picks her up. Marcus tells Mike that they have to close this case before she gets killed. Time to go to the station and get their ass whooped. From the time of the drop going bad to the end of that scene... 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah, I was going to say 14 minutes. Over four minutes on the causeway alone. That is a golden dumpster nominee. It's a file. I need a cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) I was exhausted after that scene. That's fair. And if you had anything left, Zach, after that scene, if you had anything left, guess what got it? Shake your tail feathers. Oh, and I'm back, baby. Refractory period over. I'm in. I'm ready to go again. Cut to the station. Enter Joey Pants. Fellas, what's your job description? Oh, you two. What is your job description? I'll tell you. T N T. Tactical narcotic team. Keyword. Tactical. Displaying finesse and subtlety in achieving a goal. Tell me, gentlemen, what was subtle about your work today? Shout out to NBA Insiders. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> 22 cars and a boat. How did you sink a boat? Well, we didn't sink it. Joey Pants completely ass off. Where's his ass? Woosa. His ass is gone. Woosa. His pants are off and his ass is off. Thank God no cops died. No cops died? None? I saw a bunch of cops get shot the fuck up. No, how about when that last pileup, I saw a squad car crash right into that shit, into that big ass. I mean, there were three cop cars that exploded on the causeway. But they're all left. As they walk into the office, they take off the shoes to get into his office. Mike is wearing white on white Air Force Ones. And I said, Uh, turn of the century, bitch. Mike, where are you getting all them colors? Are you dying them? No. Air Force One? Murphy Lee? Uh, I I don't remember the lyrics. I don't remember. I don't remember the lyrics. I, all I remember is the hook. Okay, yeah. you're not the strong ally here. Just get him to the chorus, Zach. I, I don't even know if he can do the chorus. Let me get the stuffing in my Air Force Ones. Get the stuffing in my Air Force Ones. Literally, I remember when that song came out. I was just waiting for the hook, and the verses felt like they lasted forever. Oh yeah, oh, that's a long song. Just get to the hook. And me too. You don't remember the part where maybe it's like, Kiwan, where are you getting them colors? Are you dying them? 10 is my size. Oh, no, you don't remember that? I mean, I don't. Fuck, man. I never knew the lyrics, man. He just listens to the chorus. <laughs> I think that's been clearly established. It's still shocking to me. Negatives. Police commissioner so far up my ass. If he spits, it's coming out my mouth. <laughs> By the way, white Air Force Ones turn a century, unless, unless apparently you're a white girl, in which case they got to be dirty as fuck. Yeah, it's just that his misogyny is stronger than his racism. In this case. Why do white girls love dirty as fuck Air Force Ones? Y'all notice this? No. Do they? Don't they? 
Welcome to Cinephobe. I don't know this at all. This might be a two Americas thing because black people notice this all the time. It's a big joke on Instagram and on TikTok where you'll see a white girl and her shoes are always Air Force Ones and they're always like fucked up. Joey Pants and his ass analogies always make me think of the captain from, <laughs> is it Loaded Weapon 1, the Hershey Highway? No, Last Action Hero. Only kind I got to save the Eagle Foundation doing the fucking tango up and down my Hershey Highway. Put a sock in it. I don't care who does what to your Hershey Highway. The same captain, but the Hershey Highway is from Last Action Hero. I like that Joey Pants goes, I know there's always two sides of the story, so what's yours? And Marcus goes, well, I was at a family barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) They got a tip, hit a cache of drugs from this big-time X-Man. X-Man. That's what they call an ecstasy dealer on the streets. I like that he goes, Marcus, I know what they call him. That's why I'm captain. No drugs, no money. Who is this X-Man? Captain, I was at a family barbecue. (laughs) Mike says they'll find out all that carnage on the TV was for nothing. He says we didn't do all of that. Mike tries to find DEA on the screen. He's pointing it out on the TV. Uh, that car right there. Joey Pants can't believe DEA didn't consult with them. One of the cars that he points to is one that barrels into the flaming inferno on the causeway. Yeah. Those guys lived. Marcus and Captain bond over their therapy. Remember your pressure points. Woosa. Cut your earlobes. Mike gets a call. Damage to his car will cost 21K. Holler at your boy. Oh, yeah, it's just the phone. <laughs> I'll let you put him answering the phone to his mechanic. <laughs> Next time a mean calls me, I'm going to go holler at your boy. Zach Harper talking. Says, yeah, you'll get your money. And he looks right at Marcus. Somebody's on their way with your money right now. Shooting daggers. Mike asks about reimbursement for the damage. Personal property not covered. That's why we drive police cars and he mimes driving a car. <laughs> Joey Pants is so good. Ass off. Where do they go from here? Mike says Zopounders knew where the cash was going. Find the cash. Find the X-Man. Xavier McDaniel. Pants is through playing games. Kids dying on my streets from souped up X. I do not want these animals taking over my city. Do whatever it takes. Do it now. Also, he says he has three cops critical. I thought he said he's through playing these reindeer games. He had Coke and Pepsi both installed into the cafeteria (laughs) and the police station. We got to Tapia's mansion. Rats are eating stacks and forts of money. Fucking ratones. (laughs) Like he's just like Carlos. This is a stupid fucking problem to have, but it is a problem nonetheless. Rat fuckers. I just don't think that rats would eat money like that. Not unless there was nothing else to eat. Expensive taste. Like they're in a house. Stupid. That's I hate you. Expensive taste. No, I like that. That's good. That's good. You get it because it's money. Carlos and the goons try to explain how things turned so bad for the drop. There was a black chica working for the Russians who was a goddamn maniac lunatic. Also, Roberto saw these two crazy gangbanger homies. <laughs> Racist. The number of times that they bring this back was stunning. I know. I loved it. He's mad that it made the news. He can't believe that this is happening with the rats eating his money before he can get it to Cuba. Hey, man. Man, tell me. Um, should I be worried? No, boss. Shut the fuck up. People is trying to jack my loads here in Miami. I own this fucking town. You see? This is my town. <laughs> Don't you hate it when people try to jack your loads? It's really frustrating. Oh, that's what I like it the most. I welcome it. That's the goal. Ass on for Tapio? No, 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 no. I think Tapio's good. I don't think he's ass on, no. Right. His little daughter might be. She runs in wearing a powder oh, blue yeah. dress and holding a pink dress. She sure is. Yep. Poppy, poppy duck. <laughs> P-A-P-I talk. <laughs> Tapia says pink is prettier. Daughter says the lady at the store says she looks like a model in the blue one. Roberto is a 
like Roberto smirks and scoffs Golden dumpster Johnny says it's lucky that their moms are cousins Nice exposition there Besides models are filthy creatures You look more like an angel Carlos agrees Roberto says it's fucking beautiful Tapia sends her away says talk polite in front of his little bonbon Where he's gonna chop his balls off Mike and Marcus are doing some walk and talk. Mike is all for the enlightenment of Marcus with therapy, but he needs to know if a crackhead rolls up with a nine, is he going to cook that fool? No question about it. I'll shoot him in the leg. Come on with that leg shit. Everybody deserves a little dignity. He says, what about my dignity? Your crackhead's going to be missing a kneecap. I'm going to be in a body bag. Marcus thinks Mike's untreated control issues are so sad, but not his fault. Your mom probably refused you her tit when you were a baby. You grew up a malnourished high school softie. Got your gun, tight t-shirt, and became an overcompensating tough guy. Mike takes his glasses off. This is the last time you will ever refer to my mother's titties. I don't even want them up in your head. That is perfect banter. Perfect delivery of this line. It's a golden dumpster. It's ass off. This back and forth is fantastic. Because the banter here is not even funny. No, it's not. It's psychological evaluation of two dudes who are really tired of each other. I like that Marcus says, I said all that, Mike, and all you heard was titties. Yep. Which is not unlike a mean focusing on the alcohol in the Megan Fox story. <laughs> he says, remember one thing, my friend, I may not always be here. By the way, shake your tail feathers. <laughs> oh! That's three. But it's a muted one. They didn't bring it in. It's just in the background. Yes, it's just a dun, 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 dun in the background, but that's three. You're counting the shakes of a lamb's tail feather? 45 minutes into the movie, they played it three times. You can't keep suppressing my spiritual growth, Mike. You need to suppress my mother's titties out of your psychoanalysis. <laughs> they walk up to Ice Pick's spot. Chicken's everywhere in the yard. They want the blonde Haitian with dreads from the shootout. Blondie, Blondie dread? <laughs> that's his name? That's the best we can come up with? It's Blondie dread? And then he says, he's very expensive. You gotta do something for me. (laughs) Yeah, clip two dragons. Look, I like you guys, okay? Especially you. Okay, don't feel bad about that, but I like you guys, so I'll tell you where it is. But, uh, but first, I need to see something, okay? And it's gonna involve both of you. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's gonna get weird. Two dragons. There's a black light and a crazy amount of knickknacks in the shop, including a Buddha with sunglasses on and beads draped on him. That's a cool-ass Buddha. Bees? Beads. Beads. Job's not on board. Beads aren't cheap. Are beads cheap? Beads do lie. Snails. Me and my partner were on the Miami PD tandem dance team. We got a routine on uh. all the local talent shows. Thinking about going national. Local hospital talent shows. <laughs> This is where I said the writers said, wouldn't it be cool if we had them dance a bit? Because, you know, they're black. Marcus starts dancing with a stick, bashes some stuff in the shop, spins around, smashes some more. They're break dancing. Get it? Uh, Ice pick can't believe what's going on. Mike dances, breaks some stuff. Zach didn't like that one as much as expensive taste. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll acknowledge it, but I didn't like it. I like, I like it. it. <laughs> then he gives it up. Lives eight blocks away. That was enough to smash his knickknacks. They head over to the house, kick the door open, barge in. Nobody in the living room, but they hear some creaking. Altar with a skull on it. Real Catholic. Guy shoots through a door opening. Marcus goes rolling in to hide in the bathroom. Mike is just out in the open, shooting back at him. No cover at all. Stands up, slow motion, arms slightly bent, guns akimbo. Bay shot. Oh, God, what a great shot. All right. 
I know that there are a lot of candidates in this movie. We can lock up Lewis Pinnock right here with Blondie Dread. Okay. <laughs> Who that? Who in my house? I'm the devil. Who's asking? The devil is not welcome here. You got to call yourself the devil in his house. Shit. Lewis Pinnock, lock. We have this sick shot. I don't even understand what he's doing. It's his swirling camera, right? He's always doing 180s. Yes. But it's swirling around, and then it goes through the wall. Through rooms. And then it swirls around the other room, nonstop camera circling this scene. They watch. As they're talking shit, this is such an amazing shot. I love it. I won't lie. I loved it. This shot is a golden dumpster. It's the best use of... A tiny room. Yeah. It made the room seem enormous. Yeah, it really did. Because of how the camera is moving. Maze, can you just clip in some of this talk between them? Because these accents cannot be real accents. You're in my house. This is all your fault. Yeah, you're in my country, though. Fuck you, Ozzy. Don't look here, you motherfucker. Fuck you, Ozzy. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck up, what? No problem. Mike. You have to be so combative. Marcus just wants to talk. You want to talk? Go ahead. He crosses his arms with the guns underneath. He's just like, go ahead, talk. We're not immigration. We're not immigration. They can't hear you because they're still shooting at you. Enter. Fucking Haitians in a fucking little ass room with fucking guns. Slow motion, Mike ejecting ammo. So much gunfire. Oh, the slow-mo of the clips ejecting. They watch. Marcus is hiding behind a toilet. Hits a guy with a fedora. Motherfucker, you killed my brother. He's still very alive, by the way. <laughs> Haitian shooting through a tiny peephole. Mike puts his gun up to it. Then the Haitian decides to look through the peephole. We see into the barrel of Mike's gun. Oh, what a great shot. Close up of the bullet. His eyes widen. He's dead. Bang, bang. Mike drops a canister in the room with the Haitians. He shoots it. It sprays into Blondie Dread's eyes. Tear gas. Mike uses pieces of a mirror to see in the other room. Shoots a guy in the head through the wall. Yeah, he reaches into the crawl space and shoots him. Marcus barges in on Blondie. Mike is there. Marcus is frazzled, has to compose himself, keeps repeating <laughs> apologize. Slapping his head. He's ass the fuck off here. And he says, Woosa, 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 motherfucker. He's losing it he kicks him in the head mike says see the interesting thing is he's the one of us who's not pissed off i thought that was funny <laughs> blondie says he doesn't know anything mike says he didn't ask him anything yet no 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 oh. no say it again zach say the line don't that feels racist i can't do this i, can't I don't know nothing 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 mike says he didn't ask him anything yet you lying to me already Martin Lawrence, oh my god, I cannot get over how he tries to compose himself in this scene, but still do his job. Asks if he knows anything, then says, let's ask some of the other suspects. He walks around to the dead bodies. Golden dumpster. His brains is under the end table. He gets surprised by the guy in the fedora, one fedora per crew. Can't tell a shit, Mike, he's all fucked up. Dead suspects can't say shit. Wandy says one of the guys did surveillance and doesn't let nobody touch his camera. I don't remember this being a term, but I'm willing to throw two Americas into this. Mike says, I'm going to go ahead and hot this dude real quick. 
Save us some paperwork. What? Hot this dude? Nah, that's... That's not a thing, right? Nope. By the way, they would still have a considerable amount of paperwork if they killed people. Yes. Almost more. Aren't cops supposed to account for every bullet they fire? Yes. That's all inventory. Yeah. Inventory. (laughs) Mike treats police paperwork like maybe treats bananas at the banana stand. If you throw a banana in the trash and you (laughs) take a dollar out, then nobody knows. Introduce me to Jade.